0: You are listening to Veggie Doctor Radio, and this is episode number 21, Dr. Brooke Goldner on reversing autoimmune disease with the power of food. When it's dinner
1: time, I got something you should try. It's crunchy, green, and yummy, and it's about to blow your mind. It's low on calories, and it looks like many trees. When you're having dinner with me, broccoli, Achoo.
0: I, try, I, try, I, try. I am your host, Dr. Yami Kazorla lancaster board certified pediatrician, certified food for life, cooking and nutrition instructor, certified well coach and passionate promoter of the power of diet and lifestyle in preventing and reversing chronic disease and bringing joy and longevity into our lives. This podcast is focused on plant-based nutrition, habit formation, behavior change, and motivation so that you can have the tools to live the best life possible. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and I hope that you keep coming back as a regular listener. Are you ready to get started? Let's do it. Welcome back to Veggie Doctor Radio. Today I have the pleasure of having Dr. Brooke Goldner with me on the show. Dr. Goldner is a best-selling author, the founder of veganmedicaldoctor.com, GoodbyeLupus.com, and creator of the hypernourishing healing protocol for lupus recovery. She is the author of Goodbye Lupus and Green Smoothie Recipes to Kickstart Your Health and Healing. Dr. Goldner was diagnosed with systemic lupus nephritis and stage four kidney disease at 16 years old and made a startling recovery from her disease at 28 years old using her protocol, which uses supermarket foods. She has been symptom-free ever since with normal lab results and no trace of disease in her body. Now, she educates physicians and patients on how to heal and achieve vibrant health using her protocol and supermarket foods. Dr. Goldner's Hypernourishing Healing Protocol has helped patients with lupus and a multitude of other diseases, and she has starred in videos and documentaries such as Eating You Alive, and as a keynote speaker and educator, she delivers her message and trainings to audiences and organizations across the nation. Dr. Goldner, thank you so much for being on the show today.
1: Oh, well, Thanks for inviting me.
0: Well, you have an amazing story of hope and health, and I'm so excited for you to share it with my listeners. So can you tell us a little bit about what happened to you from whenever you were a teenager and how eventually you were able to overcome it? Do you want
1: the short version of my life story? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, when I was 16 years old, I was someone that was considered, we thought that I was a healthy person. Uh, back in those days, I mean, this was in the eighties, you know, it was, if you're not overweight, you can probably eat whatever you want kind of thing. So I grew up eating macaroni and cheese, chef Boyardee, my parents owned Domino's pizza store. So I got pizza every day, living the dream. Right. And, uh, at 16, uh, over the summer, before I started school again, I started getting arthritis in my knees and I didn't know it was arthritis. I just knew that one of my knees would hurt and get swollen. And then the next day, the other knee would hurt instead, and then my arm, one day my my shoulder was really hurting after I was at the beach with my friends, and I thought maybe it was just from playing volleyball too rough or something. Not that I'm actually an athlete, I mean, I'm (laughs) pretty much a nerd, but you know, maybe a little exertion did, I couldn't figure it out. And the strange thing about the pains is that they would be so intense, I could barely move that joint. But then the next day, it wouldn't be there anymore, but it'd be somewhere else, which is not a typical injury. So I don't know. For some reason, it was so weird. I didn't mention it to my family because I thought it sounded crazy. How could you be in so much pain you can't move your arm? And then the next day, the other arm hurts instead. It was just very, very weird. Uh, so I was trying to figure that out on my own, I guess, and or ignore it. And as it progressed on, by the end of the summer, I came home one day from spending the day at the pool with my friend, and I had a rash over my face. And I had migraines so bad I couldn't stop throwing up. And that's when my, my father said, you know, something's wrong. And, you know, my dad has something we call dad science. You know, he just makes stuff up and calls it science. So we'd usually just laugh it off. But he was right here because he said, you know, I think the skin is the window to your health. And I'm like, all right, dad. Um, <laughs> when I'm a teenager, it's probably acne or something. Who knows? And so anyway, I ended up going to the hospital. He called my primary care doctor and she met us in the ER. And they ran all the tests and they diagnosed me with lupus. And that was scary enough, but they didn't like what my labs looked like. My blood pressure was through the roof and my urine had protein in it. And so they sent me for an emergency kidney biopsy within two days of me ending up in the hospital the first time, and the kidney biopsy showed that I had the most aggressive kind of kidney failure that's caused by lupus. It was stage four membranoproliferative for people who want to know the details, and so at the time, the nephrologist gave me six months to live if I didn't do an aggressive experimental treatment using chemotherapy. He said medicines that we currently use at the time uh, would have been, you know, high dose steroids said it wasn't going to save my kidney. And nowadays they use chemotherapy for lupus. You know, you might remember Selena Gomez had chemo, although it didn't save her kidney and she ended up needing a transplant. Uh, for me, it did work, but I, I had two years straight. So they didn't know how long to use it back then. Nowadays, you get it, you know, maybe a couple weeks, month, but I did it for two years straight because they didn't know how long to do it. And every time they stopped the chemo, the lupus numbers would go back up. My kidneys would start to get worse. So from 16 to 18, that's what I did. I had chemo every month, high dose steroids, all those pills to survive. And thankfully, by the end of high school, I finally went into remission, which means I still was positive for lupus, all my labs were positive for lupus, but my kidneys were stable again. And so a week after my last chemo was my first day of college. And, you know, my, my way of coping with what was going on with my body was to just bury myself in books. So if I couldn't, function because I had chemo and I couldn't get out of bed. I just read my textbooks. And so I ended up graduating in the top 10 of my class and getting a scholarship to Carnegie Mellon, even with all my health issues, um, because that really was my way of kind of focusing on the future rather than focusing on my pain. Mm -hmm. And so um, that was, you know, life with lupus is hard because you go into remission, some people go into remission and, you know, I thought I was doing well. I listened to my doctors, I got enough sleep and, you know, I avoided stress. Well, that was Carnegie Mellon, but still, you know, at least in college, you can choose when you study, when you sleep, you know. Um, And uh, I managed to stay in remission, which meant, you know, I still would get arthritis if I didn't get enough sleep or Maybe I had to test and I would get a migraine, but my kidneys were stable and my numbers weren't changing. They were positive, but they were stable. And then I made the decision that um, everybody thought was crazy. And I decided to go to medical school. Um, Apparently in medical school, you can't really conserve sleep or stress anymore. (laughs) But um, I didn't want anything. I didn't want my illness to take away my dreams. I figured, you know, everyone, no one knows how long they have on the planet. I'm going to do the best I can to make a difference, do something important with the life that I have. Cause even after the chemo, they, they didn't give me, I didn't have a great life expense, expectancy because my lupus was so aggressive from so young. Mm-hmm. And in, in medical school, I got sick again. And uh, I, this time the lupus was causing blood clots and I was having mini strokes, um, ended up collapsing from a mini stroke and, uh, which is just a stroke that dissolves. So they say it doesn't cause permanent damage, but it, <laughs> it, it was causing double vision and caused me to collapse in one of the clinics. And at that point I was put on blood thinners. I had to take injections every day for blood thinners and they were told me, you know, never have a baby cause it'll kill you if you get pregnant and you know, uh, probably end up handicapped by my forties, but I was still alive. Mm-hmm. So I kept going. And so that was, that's the story of my, my illness. Everything changed after that though. At 28, I was, on my blood thinners. I was focused on, I was graduating medical school. I had my first choice residency at UCLA Harbor. And I was actually felt, I always felt really lucky. I was like, I get to do something no one gets to do. I'm gonna get to go to my first choice residency. I'm gonna get to be a doctor and I'm the luckiest person on the planet. And then I proved how lucky I was by meeting my, my husband, Thomas, um, who is still, I've been married 13 years. He's still the most incredible person I've ever met. And uh, he wanted to marry a sick person. He wanted to take care of me. Um, and he actually was well known at the time for fitness. And he created a, a nutrition plan to help me get fit for our wedding because I wanted to look fabulous. And he was helping people on MTV, you know, get six packs and I want to look like that. And so um, he is very different because he uses nutrition to get give people a fast metabolism rather than starving people like most programs will do. And so he created, he was doing kind of paleo before paleo was invented. It was, you know, lots of vegetables, no processed food, no dairy, but you know, free range meat kind of thing. But I was a vegetarian since I was a child. So I was a cheese and eggitarian since Mm -hmm. I was a child. And so when I did his program, he had to eliminate the meat and he gave me tofu instead and I had to give up my dairy and eggs to get rid of that saturated fat so I could lose weight. And within four months, not only was I a size three and super fit from a size 11, but all of my symptoms were gone. And when I got my labs done, the lupus tests were negative. And that was 13 years ago. And I've had two children and I continue to be healthy and strong. This weekend on Sunday, I turned 41 and I've been lupus free for 13 years and I feel better than I've ever felt in my life. Every year is better than the last. So that's the short version of my wow. story. So because of what happened to me, I, I healed from lupus in my first year of residency. So yeah. here I was, I studied 12 years of my life to become a doctor, and then I find out kale is more powerful than all the meds that I, <laughs> that I had memorized in school. So it changed the course of my practice. And though, while I did practice traditional medicine for, uh, for years, I was a medical director out in California at a nonprofit. Um, I ultimately retired from that job to dedicate myself to teaching people how to heal. And mm-hmm. so that's what I do now.
0: That's just an amazing story. And I, I did read your book and I loved reading the love story between you and your husband. It seems so sweet, but that is the, the main question I had when I was thinking about it. Did yeah. he have any clue that changing your diet was going to improve your health, not just get you that you know, perfect wedding body?
1: My husband had zero clue, as did I, that anything that we did to change my diet would change my life expectancy and my health. I mean, I was an MD at this point. You know, I knew diet had nothing to do with disease or they would have taught it to me, right? That's That's why a lot of doctors are, are stubborn about that. You know, how can we study for all these years and they leave something like that out? It just doesn't seem possible, right? Yeah. So... Neither of us had any clue. And I wish we did when people go, how were you guys so brilliant that you came up with a cure for lupus? We weren't, we stumbled into it. You know, what we, what my husband did know is that this nutrition plan could raise people's metabolism and get them fit. But remember, he still used meat in his diet. Mm-hmm. So no one had ever cured a disease on his programs. He could get people ripped and fit and stronger than they ever were. Uh, and yeah, blood sugar might go down for people who are losing weight, right? But he'd never had anyone reverse a disease before. But The combination of his dedication to high nutrition, using omega-3s and high raw vegetables and high water intake, and my need of, I'm not going to eat animals. Those are my friends. You know, I just, I've been committed since I was a little kid, right? So that combination was what suddenly changed it from something that could get you fit to something that could heal you because dairy and eggs are inflammatory and they trigger disease and they were part of my diet every day. We didn't know that. So, you know, some people have also asked me, was it love that healed you? Um, (laughs) I don't think so because I loved him for a year before I healed. So it doesn't seem like that's the case. Plus, I've been able to repeat it in other people all over the world. Hundreds of people have reversed lupus, scleroderma, Sjogren's, MS, all sorts of autoimmune diseases using my program who aren't in love with my husband or maybe they have. I mean, if you've seen him, he's very lovable, but as far as I know, that's not a necessary factor in all.
0: That's just a great story. And the other thing I was wondering about, you had mentioned in the book about you, whenever you went through medical school and residency, you actually had gained some weight. You started eating more junk food. And you even talk about in the book, how, you know, you're, husband, fiance at the time would feed you ice cream in bed. (laughs) It was very romantic. romantic. But (laughs) was he ever frustrated about your eating habits before you got motivated to change them?
1: My husband had no issue with my eating habits. He has always loved me exactly as I was. Uh, even, you know, the fact that I was a vegetarian, he was a meat eater. That, didn't, that was never an issue. We have enormous respect for each other. And so we support each other with whatever's important to us. Mm-hmm. So, uh, no, he never had any fun. In fact, you know, he wasn't eating. You know, you know, when you fall in love, all of a sudden you think even calories can not hurt you. So like You're right. Oh, let's just, you know, we work so hard to be fit, right? And then we meet someone, we fall in love, and we're like, let's eat out all the time. The gym, who has time for the gym? Let's lay in bed and cuddle instead, right? So every, you know, when I met him, I was going to the gym twice uh, for two hours a day. That was great coping through my medical training. I didn't know what I was doing, though. And I never really changed sides very much because, you know, I, I've I live, oh my God, egg and cheese every morning. You know, I wasn't, and the only way I knew how to lose weight was by eating less, sp- skipping meals, eating an apple for lunch, that kind of thing. So um, so I actually gained weight, yeah, once I met him. It was a combination of, yeah, skipping the gym for cuddle time and being fed ice cream in bed, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then I was starting my residency where I had to eat hospital food, which is the best food to eat if you want to be sick and fat. I mean, hospital food is just the worst you know so it was and then when i was a resident you know less time to try to figure i didn't i couldn't afford a gym membership i moved from pittsburgh to california i couldn't even afford my rent if it wasn't for tom sending me help money um (laughs) i wouldn't have been able to afford my own studio so the gym membership was gone so it was just a kind of a perfect storm of just the lifestyle and you know i i was able to change that even during my internship because i would you know thomas was able to help me he designed workouts i could do at home The local JCC was willing to let me have a very cheap membership, you know, all that kind of thing. But yeah, I think it was really the perfect storm. And it's, you know, it's something that I help my clients with now is a lot of people let life get in the way of health. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's very easy to send yourself down this road of illness when you start saying, oh yeah, I'm too busy, or I wanna spend more time with other people, I don't need to take care of myself, it's more convenient to eat this food. And I got caught up in that as well, but I also didn't know how important it was. Mm -hmm. And whereas now, I would never, never sacrifice the time I need to take care of myself and to have my good food uh, in exchange for anything else.
0: That's that's so true. And I think it's a little ironic because you initially were motivated your body. You wanted to be fit. You wanted to lose some weight. You wanted to look good in your wedding dress on the beach. Right. So at during that time with that kind of motivation, was it difficult to change your eating? Was it hard for you at that point? Even though you know you had no clue that this was actually going to change your entire life trajectory. So was it hard?
1: I think women are the most motivated to lose weight for their wedding. I I don't, I was, it was not hard. Uh, (laughs) The the only, it was funny. The only blip was when my husband, when I, I asked him to train me, and he was a little scared because he didn't want that to be some kind of trap. You know, you're not supposed to tell your wife that they need to do anything, right? Or your future wife. I said, no, 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 I really mean it. And then he's told me I had to eat more if I wanted to lose weight. And I went, wait a minute. I just learned in medical school, calories in, calories out, all that stuff. And he rolled his eyes and said, oh, training doctors is so hard because they always think they know everything. And I went, ooh, okay, fine. So I said, I'll do whatever you say since you are the one putting people on magazines. And, uh, and so that was the only blip. And then I just did what he said. And and it was actually really easy. Uh, The way he designs nutrition and the way I do now too, it's very simple to follow. And so I just had to pack the foods I needed with me for work. And then I just worked and snacked and worked. And it just yeah, I didn't find it difficult at all. And my motivation was definitely high because we were getting married in Maui and I had a bikini I wanted to look good in. And so, yeah, no, it was super
0: easy. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that, you know, that's wonderful because it ended up giving you so much more than you even anticipated, you know? Yeah,
1: and the, and the motivation became more as I felt good because what I realized was after about a week of eating that way, I had amazing energy. And here I was, I was an intern. I was working 30-hour shifts every couple days. And I had so much energy, I could go to the gym after working a 30-hour shift. Most people with lupus, they could never imagine that. But most people without lupus (laughs) couldn't do that. Uh, But I just felt great. My migraines were gone. My joint pain was gone. I had so much energy. My attending, so the chairman of the department (laughs) for my residency pulled me aside once because he was worried that I seemed way too energetic and happy for an intern. They were worried about me. Meanwhile, the other interns were, you know, depressed and, and cranky, and, and I was the one they were concerned of, because I just seemed way too happy for an intern, and I assured him that I was okay, and that I just felt really lucky and happy to be there, and he kind of shrugged and smiled, and I ended up their chief resident, you know, so they ended up capitalizing on my energy later, uh, but yeah, it was, um it really, really reinforces itself, and that's, you know, the for a lot of folks, the beginning is hard. That's why I have a six-week rapid recovery group where I help people every day for six weeks. And one of the reasons I developed it is, yeah, the first week or two, people struggle so much. How do they make it work in their schedule? They're going through detox. You know, they're, they're, you know, they're missing their old foods. or having cravings. And, and without having, let's say, your wedding or something that's really super motivating, a lot of people just fall off the wagon. Whereas once they get into the hang of it and they start feeling results, they, then, then the motivation's there where they wake up and go, oh, my God, I've never felt this good before. We're, right now we're at day seven. But on day six, someone said, oh, my God, I woke up with more energy than I've ever had in my life today. And she'd been having detox for the first five days. and went, like, there it is. Now it's going to reinforce itself. And that's how it was for me. I decided even after the wedding I was going to keep eating this way because I never felt this good. Uh, And when my lab said the lupus was gone, it was kind of a. I I actually didn't connect the two because in my mind there was no connection. I just thought it was a really good remission. And it wasn't until years later that we really made that connection after my first son was born. And not only did I not get sick, but nine days later I was back in my pre pregnancy clothes. And we went, This body is not a normal body. (laughs) This is not what's going on. And that's when my husband and I went back and started studying cellular biology and nutrition together. And we realized that we'd accidentally created the most anti-inflammatory diet possible. And that's where all the protocols that I do now came from. But yeah, it, a, it, it's, it really is something that once you get into it and start getting results, you don't need to be motivated anymore. You, you mm-hmm. feel good, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what keeps it going.
0: Absolutely. And I always talk to people about the neuroadaptation too, that, you know, it takes a week or two before your brain and your taste buds start to adapt, especially if you've been eating standard American diet for a long time.
1: And often longer than that. I've found that, you know, watching people every day the way I do and helping people through the detox, the cravings usually peak at week two, from what I observe. The first week they're so focused on trying to get it right that they, they don't, they're like, yeah, I'm kind of craving these other foods, but they're, you know, so full trying to get in all the foods I'm trying to make them eat. Then on week two, that's when their brain starts really talking to them going, you really want to do this? You sure you want some fries? Like, you know, there's the, that's when I see that there's kind of this peak in cravings. And once they get past that week three, all of a sudden everything starts falling into place. And then by week four, they'll tell me, oh, those fries look so greasy and gross that they mm-hmm. wanted week one. But it's, yeah, I think by four weeks, most people have had a significant change And their cravings and their taste buds and all of that Uh, but the first the beginning is always the hardest I Mm -hmm. I Tell people you got to stay focused on why you're doing this to get you through it It can't just be willpower because willpower fails It's got to be an intense focus on the life that you want that
0: keeps you motivated Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well speaking of fries in the United States We've had a love affair for a long time with olive oil and with dairy you know, about dairy makes the bone strong. We need to have for calcium. Everybody's over-focused on that. But in your book, you talk about how these are inflammatory. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Well, definitely dairy. I consider dairy one of the most inflammatory foods on the planet. And it's a really frustrating thing because most of us, including myself, got our initial education on dairy from TV commercials, right? So, I grew up in an era where the milk slogan was milk does a body good. You might notice nowadays they don't say that anymore. They say milk life or got milk, which means nothing because they can't say that anymore. The research has proven over and over again that dairy not only causes obesity, uh, it is when you look at insulin levels, uh, it is the most fat, it's more, you get more insulin release from milk products than you do from donuts. Mm-hmm. So not that you should be eating donuts for fat loss, but that's how bad it is. So it's called, it's driving the obesity epidemic. Uh, T. Con Campbell saw that it trig- it actually turns cancer genes on uh, when, you, when you consume dairy. And dairy products also drive the inflammatory pathway, which then triggers your genes for autoimmune disease if you have them. So it is just, uh, it is my public enemy number one, because it really, it's something that people actually believe is healthy and you know and it doesn't make bones stronger it makes bones weaker and that is why in our country where we have one of the highest intakes of dairy in the world we have the highest level of osteoporosis in the world how does that make sense if dairy preserved bones then we should have amazing bones but we don't and then when we tell people to eat more dairy when they've got osteoporosis have you ever seen one person heal from eating yogurt never I've helped people reverse bone loss though, you know, so you've got to get rid of it. It actually causes a leak of, of bone loss every time you consume dairy. So it's just, it's really, it's a frustrating one. And I had a patient years ago who's a, a newscaster and uh, he was telling me one day I want to break this open because he thinks it's the greatest lie of the 21st century is that milk is healthy because it, it drives so many diseases that are killing people every day so i have a big issue with dairy um and you know even for myself i was a vegetarian growing up you know so i didn't drink milk but i ate cheese constantly cheese on everything especially living in the northeast being a vegetarian there was no vegans i was the weird one so there was cheese on everything uh and yet there i was with lupus right so if vegetarian was healthy i should have been but i wasn't it wasn't until i got rid of dairy and the eggs. That suddenly my my health changed dramatically. So, and I had the same thing. I've had people come to me. I had one woman who whose doctor put her on high doses of milk for calcium, and uh, she ended up with severe gut problems where they they wanted to operate on her colon. And she was the one who figured out it was the milk stopped it, and her colon was able to heal. But I mean, surgery it's just it's just really mind blowing. Uh, And when I teach my free class, I teach free classes about every two months. On how food causes disease and how you can use it for healing. And I do it for free because I feel like there's just all these people out there in the world that don't know. And if you Google, you're not going to find it. You're going to find some things that say yes. And then you're going to have stuff from the actual corporations themselves that are trying to convince you that that's nonsense. And so it's frustrating. Um, You mentioned olive oil. Olive oil is not inflammatory. So actually, of all the oils, I consider that one of the best ones to use if you're going to use one because it doesn't create inflammation, but it does injure the lining of your endothelium in your arteries. So it's not exactly a great thing to do that. <laughs> um, so I really recommend people avoid oils if, if they can, because it just feeds the inflammatory pathway as well. So it, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's animal fats or dairy fats or uh, oils, they all just increase your levels of arachidonic acid, which then creates your inflammatory immune system. And when you turn your inflammatory immune system on with every meal, eventually that's going to turn on whatever your genes for disease are. So the reason I can get the rapid results, I mean, people come to me and literally within four to six weeks can reverse the majority of their symptoms, if not all of them, from autoimmune diseases they've had for 20 years or more. The reason is because I hack into their immune system. I stop the inflammatory pathway by eliminating all the inflammatory foods. And then I hypernurse their anti-inflammatory pathway, high levels of greens, omega-3s like chia and flax, high levels of water, where we force the body into an anti-inflammatory pathway. And that's why they feel good within days. It's pretty, pretty awesome.
0: That's amazing. And just like you were saying before, I think autoimmune disease is one of those things that the medical community says, "For for certain, for sure, there is absolutely no link between diet and autoimmune disease. So eat whatever, do whatever, because there's no link. And I hear that over and over and over again, because it just doesn't seem, it doesn't make sense, right? It doesn't seem like it would.
1: It's so, not I'm, true. And I, I mean, I, I always know. say that, you know, if somebody tell, if a doctor tells you that nutrition has, that you can't cure lupus, that just means they've never cured lupus. Mm-hmm. That's all it means. And yet you look at the lupus websites and it'll say, there's no cure for lupus, uh, diet, just eat a uh, balanced diet, whatever that means. Um, and, and then it also says, and this is the kicker, is that if somebody reverses lupus, it means they never had it. <laughs> so it's like, well, <laughs> there's just a, that's a big catch-22 there, you know? And so it's really fascinating. I had that happen with one of my clients where she had lupus and Sjogren's. And she came to me four weeks before she was about to give birth, in a panic, because the last time she gave birth, she ended up in the hospital because she got such severe lupus and Sjogren's after that it's very dangerous to get pregnant when you have autoimmune disease. So she did four weeks with me one-on-one, where we did every day, we checked in every day for four weeks to make sure we could get her better. And within four weeks, she went from laying on the couch, she thought she couldn't move because she was pregnant, the day before her C-section, she was running around the park teaching her kid how to fly a kite. All of her joint pain went away. Her back pain that she thought was from pregnancy went away. Um, Her dry eyes, dry mouth went away from Sjogren's. She was symptom-free. And so after she gave birth, her Sjogren's antibodies were negative. Uh, At this point, all of her antibodies are negative. And this is someone who, for four years, had every symptom of lupus and Sjogren's. The dry eyes, the dry mouth, the butterfly rash, the arthritis, the miscarriages, everything. I mean, she was 100% diagnosed with lupus. And so now here she is. Uh, her baby is now five months old or six months old. She is in amazing health. She's glowing with health. And so her doctor wouldn't take her off of her medicines, and her rheumatologist. And so she said, my labs are negative. It shows I don't even have a disease anymore. And he said, well, with, with lupus and Sjogren's, you just never take them off their meds because it would be you know, very dangerous for you. And so she went, that's weird. So she went to a new doctor for a second opinion. And the new doctor agreed that she should come off her meds, but said, well, you just never had those diseases because they don't go away. And she was, but I have four years of lab work and pictures, here's me with the rash, here's this. And she goes, well, those must be lab errors. So this doctor would rather believe that four years of lab were all errors, <laughs> right? And she gets her lab tested every one to two months, which people with autoimmune disease, all of those were mistakes. Rather than let down her guard enough to entertain the idea That there might be something she doesn't know about those diseases that maybe nutrition matters now those are extreme examples that is not what i usually see most doctors of my you know when i always tell people keep your rheumatologist i'm not a rheumatologist so i always tell people keep your rheumatologist so they can witness the transformation so that they can then help their other other patients Mm -hmm. and most of them the doctors are amazed and they want to know hey wait what, what what book was that or can i talk to her i mean most of the time there's some light bulb that goes on. And nowadays, you know, when I started doing this 10 years ago, most people's doctors said, there's no way this is going to help you, but do what you want. Nowadays, I get referrals from doctors. So I've gotten referrals from surgeons, from neurologists, from rheumatologists, from all over the world now. So there's a section of the medical community now that's woken up to this and knows about it. And then there's those that are still asleep and some of them who want to stay asleep, which is extra scary. So it's, it's really Fascinating, how much. But it is it is difficult because um, as long as there's doctors out there telling people that there's no cure, it's very hard for them to wrap their mind around this. And why should I try? I'm already feeling sick. Why should I give up my favorite food?
0: Right. The motivation is going to be very low to do something that you don't believe may help. What other autoimmune diseases have you worked with, and being, being with your clients able to improve or possibly even reverse?
1: Oh, so many. I mean, so far. Uh, some that don't even have names. So rheumatoid arthritis usually responds very well. Most people are without symptoms within a couple of weeks. Scleroderma, um, Sjogren's, of course, lupus, uh, mixed connective tissue disease, which just means you have symptoms of a lot of those different diseases, uh, multiple sclerosis. Um, and then some people who are enigmas, I have an enigma file on my computer, meaning that nobody can figure out what's wrong with them, but they need steroids and they can't function, and their symptoms go away too. I had one woman who is, she's the head of the ER and the chief of medicine at her hospital, and she suddenly couldn't walk. And Mm -hmm. she was already on a plant-based diet for years, but a whole foods plant-based diet that didn't have what I usually recommend, the high raw, the omega-3s, the water. She was just eating, you know, beans and and cooked vegetables, things like that. And she suddenly stopped being able to walk without intense pain and weakness. And so she had to go on steroids and all the people, I mean, here she is, chief of medicine, nobody could figure out, went to Mayo Clinic, went to UCLA, went to all those top places, nobody could figure it out. So they wanted to send her to the National Institute of Health Enigma Clinic, which I'd never even heard of. There's an Enigma Clinic. <laughs> and she went, screw this, I won't go to the Enigma Clinic. I want to walk. I don't care what it's called, because that's what they're going to do. They try the diagnosis is the answer. And so she said, forget the Enigma Clinic. And she happened to read my book. And within two weeks, she was able to lower steroids for the first time. So she worked with me and was able to get all of her strength back. So I don't know what she had, (laughs) but it went away. So she now makes my book required reading for all the residents and the rheumatologists at her hospital, which is, I love, that's why I love working with doctors because they have the capacity to help so many more people. But I haven't yet met an inflammatory illness that I can't improve.
0: Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread.
1: Absolutely. I had someone with Crohn's who her doctor wanted to put her on the uh, IV biologic medicine, which she didn't want to do because she'd done it in the past and it was horrible for her. And within two weeks we got her diarrhea and her pain to go away. Yeah. So I make changes to the protocol for people with really bad inflammation in their bowel, because if you can't absorb food, I can't flood you with nourishment the way I normally would. It's kind of like saying, you know, walking is healthy, but you have a broken ankle. You can't walk on a broken ankle. Right. So uh, I slow things down for them to allow their guts to heal and and then work on nourishing them and absolutely they improve i mean the most common cause of inflammation of your gut is what you put into the gut Mm -hmm. which For some reason, GI docs don't seem to all catch on to yet. No. But, yes.
0: They say, and they specifically say your your diet has nothing to do with it and you need to stop eating all fiber. So
1: it's like, okay. It's like telling someone that what's wrong with their skin has nothing to do with what they're putting on it. Like you're putting stuff into your bowel, but don't worry about that. That's not irritating at all. You know, and again, the research doesn't support that. I mean, Scientific American, they did a research study looking at saturated fat from dairy in the gut. And what they saw was when you expose the gut to dairy, there's inflammation, the immune system gets involved immediately. For some people, there's hemorrhaging. I mean, this is, the science is there, mm-hmm. but it's not in the, the, art, the journals that we're told to read as doctors. You know, and they just, oh, just, you hear, just read this rheumatology journal and, you know, <laughs> this read this one. Don't, all the nutrition journals, don't look at those. You know, so, uh, the, the information's out there, but you have to know where to look. And again, that's why I fight so hard to share this information. That's why, you know, I'll do anytime someone wants to do an interview, I'll always say yes because, you know, every time I've done any interview, and I do a lot of them, I always get a message from someone who says, I heard, and, you know, I've done someone's first podcast before. It was her first podcast. And someone messaged me that they heard that podcast and it saved their life. So, I will just speak it to the rooftops because having not only, you know, having been there, and having a death sentence over my head for all those years, and now having nothing. I could live to 120 unless I get hit by a truck now. You know, I have so much energy and so much health. I just want to give that back every chance I get.
0: Yes, and thank you so much for the work you do, because you're right. This could save somebody's life. Absolutely. For, For somebody that either has had an autoimmune disease for many years or just got diagnosed, and they're feeling scared, they're feeling overwhelmed, they're feeling hopeless, where do you suggest that they start?
1: It is so scary to get diagnosed with autoimmune disease. You know, when I was diagnosed at 16, we didn't have the internet yet. That's how old I am. Um, so I didn't, I wasn't able to Google that. Uh, I didn't know what I had. So I just went with by what my doctors told me. Nowadays, people get a diagnosis and they go to home and get in the, in the computer and they end up in panic. I mean, I, I have so many clients I, I help that have PTSD from their diagnoses it is so terrifying. And so... The advice I have, one is, is you got to have hope that I know that there's a lot of doctors that are telling you that it's incurable. You can't get better. This is just your genetic cards you were dealt. In my experience, every single day, I see people heal from these diseases. There is hope. And so you have the power to make a difference in your health and in your life. And so it, it starts with every bite you take. So try to find the strength to just start. That's why, you know, my husband created something called Smoothie Shred. SmoothieShred.com. It's totally free uh, for people to get recipes for our green smoothies. We figured out that all of the healing foods that you need to, to heal your disease, we can put them in a blender and sip on it. I got my smoothie right here with me. That's my medicine, right? So, um start by adding what you're missing, have your smoothie, join our community, hundred percent free, get support and see, you know, in our smoothie shred community, we have When you go to the website, you can join our Facebook group, right? In our Facebook group, we have thousands of people from all over the world and they're literally posting into the newsfeed every day. My RA is gone. Thanks to this diet. I've lost all this weight. I'm off my blood pressure medicine. I'm off my anxiety medicine. And so that's a community of hope. And so I think it really helps when you can keep seeing more and more faces. So it's not just me saying, that I'm better. But here's people from all over the world saying, oh my God, I'm healing. I'm getting better. And, and that's why I do my free case studies. Every couple of months, I'll do case studies showing real people. And they make their own videos and their words saying how their RA went away or their MS went away or all these different things. And it's just, I, I think you have to latch on to the people who are changing and the people who are healing and drown out the voices of the people who are saying you can't. It just means they haven't. It
0: mm-hmm. doesn't
1: mean it's not possible mm-hmm. for you.
0: Thank you so much for that. And I agree. Surround yourself with those positive messages on your Facebook feed. Get into the groups of people that are doing this, that are able to, you know, improve or reverse their disease. That's wonderful advice. I wanna switch gears a little bit because you're also a mommy and I know that you're a proud mommy. After being told that you shouldn't have and probably would never have children, now you have two boys. So tell me a little bit about how you raise your kids and what is important to you as far as nutrition for children.
1: Being a mom was a gift I never actually planned for. I actually never even planned for a wedding. I always just focused on what I would do for my life because I didn't think those other things were possible. So I there's a, I treat motherhood with a lot of gravitas. It's a really important thing for me. And I think being a mom starts with pregnancy. I see a lot of people who eat very poorly when they're pregnant because they think it's a free pass to gain weight. I see it as a as an excuse where you have to eat better than you ever have. And so I I love helping pregnant women get so healthy. I mean, I have a lot of pregnant women who come to me who who are sick with autoimmune disease, so they need my help urgently. Uh, so that they can heal in time for their delivery. But even if you're not sick, uh, it's an amazing time where you can supply them. I mean, like green smoothies and omega-3s th- you know, omega increase the IQ of your children. Um, it, it's just it's a great time to learn how to take care of yourself as well. And for my children, you know, I, I want to make sure they never get sick. So I know they have my genes. It's kind of a thing. <laughs> I'm their mom. They have my genes. And so there's a, a much greater chance that they could develop autoimmune disease. So I want to make sure that that never happens. So my children, they started drinking green smoothies out of their bottles by five or six months old. Uh, people thought it was rotten milk. They'd see green, and they're and I kind of you know I would just say they go, what is that green stuff? And I go, it's milk. I think it's still fresh, and they'd freak out, you know. But I like to troll people a little bit. Um, but <laughs> uh, they started drinking their smoothies then. Um, I made raw foods right in my Vitamix for them to eat during the first month of life. Their first food was avocado, scraped right out of an avocado. Um, so they learned to love fresh foods. And that is food to them. So uh, they, after green smoothies were, green smoothies and breast milk, that's what they got. And once breast milk was gone, I didn't replace, people ask, what do you replace milk with? And nothing, they've weaned. So after breast milk, water and green smoothies. So every day, my whole family, uh, we drink, we we have two Vitamix blenders because there's four of us now and three of them are boys. Well, one man, two boys. (laughs) So we have two Vitamix blenders. We blend up our smoothies every morning and we all drink them together and we talk about how strong we feel. So with my kids, I educate them a lot when they know mommy used to be sick. So they understand how these foods keep them healthy. They also, I find children connect more with being vegan for animals and they do it being vegan for health, especially when they're healthy. Mm-hmm. So they're very connected to that. They love animals. Um, my older son, you know, he, he saves money to donate to rescues and things like that, save baby pigs and stuff like that. So we're very much talk about how the way we live uh, creates peace and health for the world. And so we're very connected to that with our children so that they feel like what they're doing is important. And um, we also talk about how it creates amazing strength. I mean, their dad is an extremely I mean, he's a 200 pound vegan, all muscle, who drinks smoothies and eats zero meat, you know, and has half the protein of meat eating guys who are trying to be his size. And so we talk about how that makes them strong. And so it's the funniest thing. I mean, my five-year-old, while he's drinking a smoothie, he'll suddenly go, oh, I feel so strong. And he'll start flexing and he'll drop to the floor and start doing push-ups. That kid can do real push-ups, like chin to the floor and back up push-ups at five That's years awesome. old. Um, he's just, he's a beast. So it's just, we, we make it fun too. So it's a, it's a source of connection to the planet. It's a source of community for us and, and excitement and strength. And we just make it into something where they feel so connected and happy about it. They they love it and they want to share it. I, I had, you know, my five-year-old's teacher put a cupcake in his bag, in a plastic bag, because she didn't want him to feel left out because he's not allowed to eat it. And she doesn't realize he doesn't feel left out. He, you know, my kids feel like what they're doing is important and they love it. And, you know, if you, my, my eight-year-old will say it all the time where he, you know, he'll say he feels bad for the kids whose parents don't love them enough to not give them all those cookies and, and cheese crackers and stuff in their, in their <laughs> lunch boxes. So it's really a beautiful thing, and I just love it. I love seeing them glowing with health, and they're both overachievers. They're both top of their classes in and, and reading and science and all that stuff. So teachers have told me they've never seen kids who pay, like my eight year old, um, his teachers say they've never seen someone who had such a great attention span but he doesn't need any foods that cause, you know, it's not eating processed sugar. He's not starting his day off with a pop tart, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's a beautiful gift. And it's something that gives me just so much happiness to see them happy and to see them so healthy.
0: Oh, they sound amazing. And it sounds they like are. they don't feel uh, <laughs> deprived, but at any point, were you ever concerned about any deficiencies in their diet or what supplements do you use for them or anything like that?
1: I don't give my, my family any supplements. You know, there was one blip in the radar. Back when I first, I, I, as I said, when I first had my first son, that's when we started to put the pieces together that my diet might have had something to do with my healing. But we hadn't done all the research yet. So here I am with a new baby, and we're going, this is weird. You know, not only did, I mean, the doctors were sure the lupus would come back. They're, they were like, it, it felt like they were waiting around my bed for me to pass out. And I'm just like, where's lunch? I'm what? why are you guys here? <laughs> I just felt fine. So we knew someone was, you know, that there was something we did, but we hadn't done all the research yet. So um, I was, you know, eating the way I did, but what I was also listening to my pediatrician too, because I'm not a pediatrician, you know, I'm board certified in neurology and psychiatry. That wasn't my field. So even as a physician, I think we should, you know, honor the people who studied their different fields. And so he told me to start adding milk at some point. And so I didn't think anything of it because I didn't know. I knew milk was making me fatter, but I didn't know yet that that was part of the inflammatory disease because we we were still doing the research. So I started giving him dairy and he was on an all raw food diet besides this. I mean, all of his, he was all fresh vegetables and fruits. So this was the first introduction of any animal product. And the next time we went to the doctor, they did a blood test and he was severely anemic, which he hadn't been before. And my doctor said, the pediatrician said, um, oh, that's normal. Kids usually get anemic at this age. Start giving him iron. I said, iron's going to constipate him. It's going to turn his teeth yellow. And why is he anemic? Yeah, it's just something that happens. I don't buy that. Things don't just happen. I don't believe that, that that's how we should look as doctors. Like, oh, it's just normal. Give him a supplement. So I said, the only thing we did was add dairy. So now I went into full research mode on dairy, which I hadn't done before. And I started coming up with all this horrible stuff. And I realized, oh my gosh, there is not one study that shows that milk actually helps kids in any way, cow milk. There's a lot for human milk, but none for dairy. And I thought we're supposed to practice evidence-based medicine. Where's the evidence that says that dairy is good for you. It doesn't exist, but I found a lot of evidence that said dairy causes cancer, cancer it causes diabetes, it's likely the trigger for type, for type one diabetes. It goes, I'm like, ha! Ah. So, so, and what I found was there is research already out there that shows that the number one side effect of adding cow milk to a one-year-old's diet is anemia. It causes anemia. I went, holy crap, I nixed the dairy and I threw all the dairy out. I'm like, this is, it's over. And then uh, I just started giving him, you know, back his normal foods, you know. And uh, um, I just increased, you know, he had spinach in his smoothies for higher iron. Then he ate some beans, which are higher iron, iron, stuff like that. Went back to the doctor and all of his labs were normal. <laughs> so it just, so that was when I got enraged that here we are doing something that is not evidence-based and it's hurting children. Mm-hmm. And so that is when that was it because we there was already no meat in my house. Like I said, I was always vegetarian. There was no meat in my house. That's when the dairy was gone too. And, uh, and that's when I learned that big lesson. So my second child, he has never been exposed to anything like that. Um, and my, my older one, it was just for a short period of time. And thankfully, we know if you can heal after 20 years, you can heal them. But it was really dramatic. So no, I do not give them any supplements. Um, their B12 levels are through the roof we love, uh, nutritional yeast. So we use the fortified nutritional yeast. So because our levels are normal, I've never supplemented anything like that, but they have extraordinary health. I mean, my, I called him an eight year old. He just turned nine his last week, his birthday is a week before mine, you know, and some years. Um, so he, uh, he just turned nine and he last had a cold when he was two. Wow. So their immune systems are amazing and I haven't needed to give them any supplements or anything like that. And he's so funny. He was talking to me yesterday about how kids were playing the cootie game and somebody said, Oh, Solomon has cooties. He goes, no, I'm vegan. I can't get cooties.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's so adorable. Oh my goodness. And I love that story. Thank you so much for telling that story as a pediatrician. I feel like that's one of my main goals in life is to try to decrease or eliminate the amount of dairy that kids have in their diet. Oh it's gosh, a hard it's so battle awful. because parents really do feel like they're doing the best thing because they are being told by their um, doctors that this is what you should be doing. And if they're not, they're meant to feel bad that you're going to hurt your child if you don't give them dairy. They were
1: raised that way, right? Yeah. You got to drink so, your milk.
0: And, so and it, you know what really pisses bad. me off?
1: The research that showed that milk causes cancer that T. Colin Campbell did, that was done in the seventies. Mm-hmm. So I I could have never gotten lupus if our government and our FDA and and the medical community had embraced the research back then. But there's so much against it. There's so much pushback against that becoming public. And it just, it's so maddening Mm -hmm. because I see kids drinking milk and I want to tell their parent, you know, you might as well hand them a cigarette, you know, and I'll say that to my patients and that's what gets to them. You know, they're like, really? It's that bad? Yes. Yeah. It's that bad.
0: Uh. Well, thank you for fighting the fight. (laughs) I'm trying. In your book, you mentioned that sometimes you eat two to three avocados a day. That sounds like a dream life to me. So talk (laughs) talk to me about talk to me about whole food fats and
1: why they're important. Sometimes I'll have four avocados in a day, and some of my patients and clients do too. You know, fats, I feel like fats have been the proverbial baby that was thrown out with the bathwater. Oils are proven to cause Health problems. Even coconut oil, which has great PR. I need the PR firm for coconut oil to work for me. (laughs) I don't have any PR, just my big mouth. Uh, But you know, all oils, we know for sure that those cause health problems. And for some reason, a lot of the plant-based medical world has lumped all fats together to say, oh, oils are bad for you, so avoid all fat. And I've heard famous doctors say things like, Oh, yeah, omega-3s, you can find that in your belly fat or this, and I'll go. No, 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 no. You know, not all fats become body fat. Some fats become tissue. They become cells. You know, so omega-3s, for example, they become anti-inflammatory immune cells. They become uh, something, they join the membranes, the phospholipid membrane of your cells and make them more responsive. They, they do so many jobs, but they do not make you fatter. Uh, and my husband actually tested super mega high doses of omega-3s in clients. <clears throat> and he found that they lost weight faster. The more omega threes he gave them, so that's a fat that's making people lose fat faster. So I mean, anything we teach is because we proved it. We only we only teach what we've seen work in our actual clients and patients. We don't do anything based off of just our thinking. Just oh, I thought about it, and this is what? No, that's not acceptable for either of us. It has to be. We tested it, and this works in everyone. It can't even just work in some people. It has to work in everyone. So omega-3s from flax seeds, chia seeds, they absolutely increase metabolism and and increase the rapidity of healing and they cannot make you fatter. And I'm proof of that. I eat tons of omega-3s. I got at least a half a cup that I got drinking down my smoothie don't have body fat. Right. So that's one thing. Avocado is the same way. And, you know, this is something I've been arguing with, with my friends for a long time. I, so I was called, it, it's me and the old guys that are always teaching at the plant-based conferences. And so, you know, uh, so I was having, um, I was, I spent the day with, um, Caldwell Esselstyn's family in uh, last summer, and they're an amazing family. I love all of them and they are athletes. I mean, these amazing family. And so Essie and I were talking because, you know, he ate like a little piece of avocado, which at home he doesn't eat it at all. And I was like, Essie, look, come on with the avocado. We need avocado. Come on, look, I'm eating avocado. It's going to be okay. You know, and he said, I just don't know because I know <clears throat> that eliminating fats help people reverse heart disease and it does, but he's never tested and differentiated. Well, what if I only eliminate the oils, but let them have, he just, he's got an all nothing, you know, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> So he's an all nothing guy. He goes, This works. So that's why I did it. And so I said, You know, but I've been testing it, and people are reversing disease using, you know, large amounts of avocados, which it's more fun to eat raw foods when you got guacamole. It just is, right? <laughs> so, um, so it was interesting. We were having that conversation. Well, I just read. Actually, so, so Michael Greger is another friend of mine. We've talked a lot about this. Well, he just released a video where there was a new – because, you know, Michael Greger, he doesn't practice medicine. He just studies research that shows plant-based uh, nutrition helping disease, which is just an amazing resource. And so he just did a video on a new study where they took people on the standard American diet, and they took all the animal fat out of their diet and all the oils, right? Fabulous. And in one group, they replaced that with grains, whole grains. And in the second group, they replaced it with avocado, same amount of calories from fat, but with avocado now instead of animal fat. So in the grains group, you saw a reduction in cholesterol. Makes sense, right? You took the cholesterol out of their diet. They have less fat in their diet. Cholesterol goes down. Then they looked at the group that had avocados. And so here you are, you're adding a new fat to their diet. The people in the avocado group had a more dramatic reduction in cholesterol than the people who had no fat than just whole grains and I was just dancing around I'd fist bump my husband like see I knew it (laughs) because I used to have high cholesterol too my cholesterol is perfect I see it in my clients you know and so it's just there's a difference between absorbing whole fats from whole foods Than there is pouring oil over your food. Your body knows how to absorb what it needs. And avocados are omega nines, they're not involved in the inflammatory pathway, and they've got tons of vitamins and minerals. They are so nutrient dense. So, avocados are fabulous food. So, I encourage you to eat them, and it creates satiety. You know, we have a hormone called CCK that tells us that we're we're satisfied. Not full, but ah, that was satisfying. And so, when you have a, a meal that doesn't have any fat in it, even if your belly's full, you kind of feel like you're missing something, like ah, I still want to eat. I don't know what's wrong. Maybe maybe a vegan diet just doesn't fill you up. No, you just needed some fat. Put some guacamole on top, add some avocado or have some chia pudding and suddenly you feel satisfied and it's because you had the fats that gave you that signal. We wouldn't have that that signal pathway in our bodies if we weren't it wasn't important to have some fats. We just have to have the right ones. And so yes, it absolutely it makes eating that way more satisfying and it actually promotes healing and health. So eat your avocados.
0: Enjoy them. (laughs) Nice. I I love that. Well, I am. I'm going to now. And (laughs) I said, that was both my kids' first food. They loved it. Oh, it it is. It's a great first food for babies. I recommend it as well. And whenever you talk about the omega-3s, you're focusing specifically on the flax seeds and the chia seeds? Correct. Okay, great. Now I want to ask you a question about your own personal habits. So what personal habit are you most proud of? How did you develop it? How do you maintain it? Goodness, person! I, I I'm proud of
1: a lot of things, but I think the one that's been just I, the most proud of because it's so so great at helping other people would be uh, our healing green smoothies. So my husband and I developed this protocol where we could get the amounts of greens and omega threes and into people that are necessary for healing in a green smoothie. And it's not just any smoothie. You know, sometimes people have a fruit smoothie and they anoint it with like four leaves of spinach. It doesn't work that way. Our green smoothies are 75% greens. and you need at least a handful of chia or flax. And then you use just that little bit of 25% fruit for flavor. And by creating that, we made healing something that's accessible to everyone. And so I'm really proud of that. We call it the smoothie solution because for so long, it was hard for me to get people, I need you to eat a pound of greens a day, raw. And they're like, ah, my jaw. And I did it because I was trying to get into my bikini, right? But for people who, you know, so many people are on a standard American diet and they don't eat any vegetables. Ketchup is, is their <laughs> what they get as a vegetable or some lettuce on their burger. So eating broccoli, eating spinach, all that stuff, it's just, it's, they just have so much aversion to it. But the smoothies taste like the fruit, even though it's only 25% fruit it's sweet enough, and so they can put a straw in it. So here are these people who've never eaten a vegetable in their life who will drink an entire blender of healing green smoothie, and so I'm really proud of that because it's been a pathway to help people get their health back that is literally as easy as putting a straw in a cup, and so I'm super proud of that. And so for me, that is my medicine. I don't have to focus on, did I eat enough raw foods today? I just drink my smoothie and I work, and I feel amazing. I feel energized and I'm getting everything I need. So that's what I call my prescription for, for great health now. And so, yeah, my husband and I are both really, really proud of that. And that's why we created, you know, our Smoothie Shred, the website and all that stuff. Because, you know, in the Smoothie Shred group, people aren't even required to be vegan. We, they just have to add the smoothies. That's it. And what we find is once they add that into their life, they never knew they could have that much energy. They never knew how good vegetables feel. And that's the motivation they need to make the dietary change to get the rest of the way healthy.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. And do you have a smoothie every meal or is it just in the morning usually?
1: Depends on the day. So I will have uh, every morning, we always start a day with smoothies. We start a day with nourishment. And so uh, we make our two Vitamixes and then we drink them until they're empty. So um, I usually will have, I definitely have one every day. And on days where I'm working, like today, I'm going to be seeing uh, patients. I see, I see people from all over the world all through Skype So literally, this is how you're seeing me right now is how everybody sees me. Uh, So I will just make a bunch of smoothies like I did today. I um, I made a blender for myself. And I have one here with me and I have another one waiting for me in the fridge so I can keep working all day just drinking. And so normally on days where I'm going to be working, I just do that. And even when I was doing the medical director work, I would take four bottles with me and I would just work all day long and I would feel so amazing and so energized because I don't like taking that break to sit down and have lunch and not be doing something. Mm -hmm. I'd rather just keep going. Mm -hmm. So they fuel me really well. Now when I'm done, then I'll go into the kitchen and sit down and have a meal um, that's a chewable meal. Uh, But you can. I have folks that are just trying to get as healthy as they can as rapidly as they can, and so I tell them to drink a full Vitamix blender. And for a lot of people, they're so full from that—that's all they eat until their stomach adjusts and gets bigger, so they can add more food, and that's okay too. It's mm-hmm. still when you're eating that much. I mean, just because you blend it doesn't mean it's not meals, right? right. So, um, so yeah, it's it, you can drink them all, and and I will do that if I'm trying to change my body. So. If there's a flu virus going around, I'll drink extra, right? Or if I'm going to do a photo shoot for a fitness magazine and I want to pump up some muscle, I drink extra because it makes your body change faster Mm. when you're really super nourished.
0: So that's when I do more. That sounds amazing. I think I'm going to try that. You better. It's awesome. (laughs) Well, our time is coming to a close, unfortunately. So I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about, you've already talked about your services, but a little bit more about what you offer and how people can connect with you.
1: So, you know, I have um, one thing that I believe with all my heart is that the information on how to get your health back should be free. And so, you know, a lot of times people have these things where they'll teach a little bit of free content, but then to get the rest of the secrets, you have to invest. I don't believe in that. So um, if people want to come to my free classes, like I said, I teach them about every two months. And they're the six steps to healing with supermarket foods, case studies and reversing uh, disease. And I teach them, I teach hour long classes and then I stay on to do full Q and A's. And usually the Q and A is longer than the classes. And hundreds of people will stay up hours after the class just to listen to the Q&As is amazing. So I do that every about every 2 months and um, if you go to goodbye lupus.com or if you go to if you look up goodbye lupus on Facebook, you'll find my page and I announce them there and SmoothieShred.com for our free support group. All of that is free and and my husband does free Q&As every week in smoothie shred because we believe with all of our hearts that Everyone should have access to the information they need to be healthy and live the life they want for me I always say you need to have your life and for him. He says you have to have your wife right So for us, it's that's our hearts work now for people who want my help That's when you can you can hire me to help you reverse disease So for some people the information isn't enough. They keep failing They they're either not motivated enough or they're not sure what they're doing or they don't have enough support and so that's why I created things like my six week rapid recovery group where it's a Facebook group, but it's secret. You know, you can create a secret group where no one can even see it exists. Like you need an email invitation to get in. It's like, you know, even the CIA, nobody knows is there. Right. So I have these groups where I I, have 15 people max and I help them every day for six weeks with every aspect of healing. So making sure they get their nutrition right, dealing with any side effects or issues that come up from, you know, gut issues or bloating or, nausea or whatever they're going through, um, but also uh, helping every other aspect of their lifestyle. So teaching them stress reduction, teaching them meditation, teaching them um, everything they need to start prioritizing themselves. A lot of people have never put themselves first before and they don't know how. They don't know how to say no if someone makes you a meal that's not on your diet. They don't know how to navigate this whole idea of I'm so important that my what I need matters more, especially moms struggle with that a lot. So um, it's really and, – and we have live meetings every week as a group where some people call it their sermons where I just keep them really motivated and focused. So for people who – They want to have a rapid change in their health. I mean, I've had people who literally have reversed their disease in six weeks. We've had multiple people whose lupus labs came up negative. Uh, A doctor with rheumatoid arthritis since she was a child, her ANA became negative for the first time within, I think it was on week four, uh, after having it since childhood. So we have people who are completely healing in six weeks. Other people, I had someone with MS who said uh, 80% of it was gone. And now her worst day is what her best day used to be. Well, that's great for six weeks. So it's really, that's my favorite thing I do. I love actually holding people's hands and inspiring them and coaching them and calling them on their crap when I need to, when they're sabotaging themselves to make sure they heal. Because I love it. I wake up every day and go into my group and I see people go, oh my God, I feel amazing today. I, I was able to cut my own toenails today. Someone just said that on week five and that was a big deal for her. She wasn't able to literally raise her leg up and in five days she can. So that's my favorite thing for people who really want my everyday help. I do four weeks one-on-one where people have unlimited access to my cell phone for four weeks um, or the group for six weeks. Yeah. And, uh, and then for people who just want to meet with me to kind of get their own plan but work it on their own, I do Skype consultations. So someone can literally reserve an hour with me and we go through their lifestyle and nutrition plan together and then they just have to put it into action. So mm-hmm. for people who want my personal help, that's how I do it. And I literally can see people anywhere on the planet because I do it all over Skype. Or if they're afraid of Skype, FaceTime, Facebook mm-hmm. Messenger, phone call, whatever we need to do. Um, but I can connect with people anywhere. So if you go to lupus.com, you can see everything. You can see the free stuff. You can see how to get my book, Goodbye Lupus, which has my whole protocol in it. Um, and, and also if you're interested in, in working with me directly, how you could do that. Wow. And of course SmoothieShred.com. Free. And you get my husband too. He puts his workouts in there too, all free. So
0: wow. wow.
1: He's he's amazing. He's just an amazing soul.
0: Well, both of you are doing such great work. And thank you so much for your generosity and your passion to help people. I can just see it. It just just emanates from you, the love you. that you have and, and how much you want to help people. So I really appreciate that. Dr. Goldner, this has been a fabulous conversation. Thank you for giving us so much wonderful information. And I really do hope that there's listeners out there that will take this to heart. will start having more hope and look into your work and some of your free products, or maybe even work with you so that they can have the life that they want to live.
1: Thank you so much. And thank you for what you're doing, because if it wasn't for people like you, Uh, people like we can't get the word out as wide. So I really appreciate you taking the time out of your life to to do these interviews and to spread the word about healing and hope.
0: Well, it is definitely my pleasure. Well, Dr. Goldner, thank you so much and have a plantastic day. (laughs) You as well. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I look forward to having you back again next week. A very special thank you to the band Rocket Surgeons for permission to use the broccoli song. To find out more about the Rocket Surgeons, please visit their website at rocketsurgeonsband.com or Facebook at facebook.com forward slash rocket surgeons music. Also, for more information on my work, you can find me at Facebook.com forward slash VeggieFitKids or you can email me at veggie doctor V-E-G-G-I-E-D-O-C-T-O-R at VeggieFitKids.com. Sharing is caring. Please share, rate, and review my podcast and contact me if you have ideas for future episodes. Thank you once again and have a fantastic day.
1: We're having broccoli.
0: We're having broccoli.